It's any parent's worst nightmare. Derek Stock, a prudent boater out of Tampa, was enjoying a fun-filled day on the water with his wife and two of his children when disaster struck. Just 100 feet from the boat ramp, his 11-year-old son was struck by lightning. Thanks to life-saving CPR training, he was able to save his son. His mission now is to help other boaters avoid tragedy. Thanks for listening. I hope you all learned something from today's episode. Hey, I really, uh, I just want to start by saying, you know, thanks so much for the email and, and reaching out. I, I think your message is, uh, is a really important one. And God, your story is like every parent's worst case scenario. I mean, that's, yeah. that's some real nightmare fuel there. Made national media for a little bit. So the incident actually happened June 30th. You know, the crazy part is, yeah, please. you know, just to be in a position, I just felt, you know, sure to be in a position to be able to respond. I mean, mm-hmm. for $20, you can get CPR trained, you know. Amazing. No, it's it's an important yeah. message. But if you don't mind, can you walk us through that day? Sure. How did the day start out? What were, what was the goal? Yeah. Yeah, sure. So I have a small uh, flats boat. So Tampa is very shallow. So we... If you're not familiar with the flats boat, it's just a little flat deck boat. Um, fixed it up. It was kind of ironic. You know, we fixed it up over two years, put a brand new Suzuki on it. Nice. But no no T-top, um, just kind of an op- open flat deck, great yeah. for fishing. Um, and kind of just easy to scoot around and get out on the water. Yeah, I have four children. Uh, Maya's oh, wow. 15, Toby's 12, Levi, the one who was struck, is 11, and then Ivy is 9 and that week my two oldest were off at summer camp mm-hmm. so we thought hey i got this opportunity to take half a day it's a beautiful day let's take them out in the boat mm-hmm. again it's really easy to get in the water and get on the off the trailer and get in the water so took half, half a day it was actually a thursday on june 30th uh, with the intent to do some inshore fishing in the mangroves um try to catch some fish and then uh, maybe do a little bit of swimming so that's what we did um you know Took a half a day of work, so around 1 o'clock. Tampa Bay can be choppy most of the time, and it was actually one of the more glass days on the, the bay that I've seen in a while. I actually took a picture. I'm like, man, this is just glass. It looks beautiful. And then, you know, unbeknownst to me, you know, an hour after, the hour later, you know, it's, uh, you know, my son's going to get struck. But uh, Jesus. we did some fishing, super hot. So it's like, let's go. There's a, there's a common uh, little island in Tampa Bay called Beer Can Island. It's also, mm. I think, called Pine Key, but all the locals kind of know it as Beer Can. Okay. Um, it's I think it's not, it's privately owned, but they kind of just, there's like a tiki bar on it. Just a cool place a to kind of pull spot, up a boat. Yeah. yeah, a little party spot and let people jump out and swim. So real close in the bay. So you can actually look it up on Google Maps. But so we jumped out there to cool off and, you know, I'm probably one of the more proactive safety conscious i'm always fully coast guard and i always like safety is always first to me it's never worth Mm -hmm. it you know Mm -hmm. so i'm looking out east so that's towards florida and then i see the dark clouds forming no strikes yet and the wind was actually in our favor so the wind was going west to east even though the clouds were out there i've been out there before where even though the clouds are going west to east the development of the storm actually develops east to west faster than the wind can push it away so even though you feel like the wind is going to help you and keep the storm away it's like oh the winds at our back it can still develop towards you so i was familiar with that in my mind you know there was like 15 maybe 15 boats on that beach on a thursday you know hanging out having fun and i feel like i was the first or second one off there was definitely a lot of boats before i left like let's let's just beat it we're used to the afternoon showers you know four or five o'clock the showers come through and Right about that time we start motoring, 
I start seeing striking off in the distance and I'm thinking, oh, I need to get out of open water and get into the river. So I had launched out of this boat ramp called Williams Boat Ramp. There's a river called the Alafaya that is brackish. It comes off of uh, out of Florida and, and feeds into uh, Tampa Bay. So that's where I had launched out of. So I remember seeing the striking off in the distance and thinking, man, once I get in the river, I'll feel a lot better because, yeah. you know, get out of the open water. And I get into the, the river and we're running along the river and uh, I'm counting four or five strikes off in the distance. And I'm thinking, man, I just want to get out of this. Well, where this boat ramp is, there's honestly, it's just being transparent. There's a couple of derelict, like really raggedy sailboats and yachts. Sure, sure. And, I and I was running right, you know, so we were at idle speed at that point. Uh, my son's standing on the deck with the rope, getting ready to dock it yeah. so that we can get, I can go get the trailer and we can get out of there. And another boat was leaving at that time. I'm sitting back on this this cushion. Picture a little center console with a cushion in the back, and then a cooler in front of that center console. That, or my daughter was sitting with me, and my wife was sitting on the cooler, kind of cleaning everything up, getting ready to get it on the trailer yeah. and get out of there. So, the other interesting thing that all the media didn't know is, you know, so we got calls from New York, and kind of we kind of the Weather Channel interviewed us, and they're picturing this torrential downpour of a storm, and clouds everywhere and you know we're fighting rain it was broad daylight it was Jeez. still fun dennis phillips is a, a local weatherman down here he's pretty popular with hurricane predictions and stuff so yeah. he actually showed it where he's like you know this initiated seven miles away they call them bolts under the blue where basically it's a sunny day and the lightning bolt actually initiated seven, seven miles away oh my and god Right around the time I'm getting by the mass, you know, I'm feeling better. And there was another boat, like a little pathfinder that was leaving. And I remember thinking, why are these goofballs going out in this? Yeah. And right about that time, you know, praise God that I was looking, but I saw the strike go through my son. Um, oh, I have a pit uh, in my stomach hearing, waiting for this part of the story. Yeah. It's the hardest part of the story, sir. It's a, it's a brackish river. It's real dark. It's, turbid it's tanning in it's not a clean river he went over starboard side and like uh i said it looked like an ultimate fight knockout or a boxing match his chin went down and he went straight like a pencil and um oh. I, just, I didn't think didn't think i was gonna get to him uh you got pictures of you know basically only seeing half of his body you know he's a skinny little kid and he started disappearing on me quick so i was able to catch him get his head above water and you know, the guys that I thought were crazy, I'm thankful they were in the area. The The motor instant, instantly killed uh, my wife. So my wife and my youngest daughter, nine, the nine-year-old Ivy, she, they were floating away from us. They were fine, but they were floating away from me and him. Mm -hmm. And then I, that other boat came back around. I'm screaming to them. I'm like, hey, come back. And so they came back and got Levi up into the boat. Um, and then I got up in the boat and I just started compressions right away. And, Immediately. Uh, immediately uh you know again i i've been trained in cpr as part of uh you know the electric company that i work for and you know we kind of work in the power plants and response and but i'm also required uh by our county to train because i coach youth football you know they were talking yeah, about yeah. wrestling and football like i don't know if you have to get cpr trained yeah but, yeah uh, we do yep so i had to do it every year so it was fresh in my mind and I just started right away compressions. His chest wasn't moving. Um, he was in his swimsuit with his shirt off. So I could, and he's a skinny little kid. I could see nothing mm -hmm. was moving. His eyes were rolled back and, you know, uh, felt like eternity, you know, 
but from the time that I got up in that other boat is when my wife called 911 and from she was on the phone to the point the the, the first responders the officers showed up from Hillsborough County sheriffs uh showed up three of them uh it was four minutes so I mean again it felt like an eternity uh and they you know his compressions and breaths his eyes rolled back he wasn't responding and um you know uh you know there's the point where I was thinking I'm pushing on my dead son you know and just kept going praying you know through the compressions and the Hillsborough Sheriff showed up they put an AED on him I don't know if you know a defibrillator yeah yeah um, you put the pads on, and it says standby, and it says pulse detected, shock not advised, and it says pulse not detected, standby. So he was going in and out of pulse being detected right around the time the AED was put on him. Uh, the ambulance showed up, and um, he still didn't have a pulse or wasn't breathing, and the ambulance took him to Tampa General Hospital. It's a very um, good hospital in Tampa, very popular. Um, so they... They took him away, but I never saw him breathing. We weren't allowed to, neither one of us were allowed to go um, in the ambulance. Really? So we basically chased, yeah, I don't know if it was COVID or what, so you don't Jesus. have to put that in the article. But, yeah, because I thought my wife was at least going to be able to chase with them. And it's like, so we were basically, and I don't know if I was in shock or whatever, but the boat had floated into the dock. That's how close we were to the dock. So it was smoke. So I, had, I got it up on the trailer, but I actually drove to the hospital with my little trailer and flats boat and um got to the hospital and you know i'll tell you this story just because you know maybe i could have been more vocal but i so i get i'm just trying to fill you on the whole story but so i get to the hospital and tgh did an amazing job so i don't want to shortchange him by any means but i gave him a little bit of review at the end because we got there two chaplains show up um and, and, and two sheriffs and I was like sir we need to find a private room and I'm trying to read faces and I'm like you, you fixing to tell me he's dead are you trying to tell me he's dead like as a doctor coming down like they weren't nobody communicated to me right away that he's still in ICU and you know they're they're working on him so it was like 45 minutes before I knew if he was dead or alive and I probably should have been more forceful and said hey tell me if he's dead or alive anyway so then that first night basically when you get a strike, the doctors say, you know, they, your whole body reboots, um, that he was screaming you know, I was happy. He was screaming, but he wasn't talking. He didn't have any conversation. Um, he wasn't responsive, but the kid was screaming. So I'm like, okay, praise God he's alive. But it, what is the new normal? I mean, is he neurological damage? Um, you know, and our, our local community was praying for us and, and, and um, you know, we're active in our local church. Again, I, I'm fine if you leave it out of the article, but, you know, they yeah. were praying hard for us. I'm texting everybody, just please pray for my son. Yeah. Um, and from there, my wife stayed. So, again, you know, only one parent was allowed to stay in the hospital, which worked out okay because my nine-year-old was, you know, quite panicky, obviously, because she saw everything. So I went, I took her home. Yeah. But that night, my wife texted me at 2 a.m. and said he said three words. He said it hurts. So at that point, it's like, okay, he's responding. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the following day, um, you know, the, the doctors came back. They did a scan of his brain and, and a scan of his full body. And, you know, again, praise God, like there was nothing. And, you know, I broke down in the hospital. And the hospital basically said, you know, they expect a full recovery. Oh, man. Um, you know, the crazy part was that it struck him out of all the sailboat sailboats and masts around us but the other part is that it entered his tailbone 
oh just above God. his butt crack, essentially, yeah. and then exited his left foot. I think it went to to the water or grounded in the water because it blew like a two inch patch off the gel coat right on the keel. Wow! But then the current, like I felt the sheer pulse of the strike, but you know my my motor smoke was coming out of the top of the motor again. It was a brand new engine Suzuki <laughs> with twenty. I had twenty eight hours on it. I just got past past my twenty hour service on it. Oh. Like I spent two years fixing up this little boat, and now it's totaled. Um, all the hydraulics on my jack plate, my trim tabs were all smoked. Um, basically, nothing was functional from a. It blew the. It had a little gas tank vent cap that's on the side. I, I don't know if that's traditional on older boats and not newer boats, but it blew that off. You know, the crazy part is the strike went through. It flashed up his back, so his hair. I, I can send you pictures of his hair being melted in the back of his neck, skin basically like <clears throat> peeling. But essentially, all we had was burn ointment and um and you know pain management painkillers uh he, he was in the hospital for five days he actually went home on independence day july 4th wow uh, that last day i can send you a picture of the last day the hillsborough county sheriffs showed up and gave him a thor hammer and um oh, of course. you know i can't i i can i can't explain you know I mean, I don't remember sound when it, when when I was responding with him, and I don't remember the officer faces. I don't remember the faces of the people that pulled me up on the boat. Like I was, you know, when they talk about tunnel vision, that was like my first real experience feeling of it. Like one hundred percent, my focus was on him, and so the officers showed up, and I'm thinking, like, what? We have to fill out another report, but they were visiting because they were just the responders, and you know, I gave them a big bear hug and just thanked them for everything they did. Um, you know, getting the AED on them, getting them, you know, into the ambulance. and um, Yeah, because it really was a remarkable response time, all things considered, you know, four, yeah, you say, I mean, four minutes the, and the, change. Where the ramp is, it's yeah. pretty close to a main drag in Tampa. I okay. mean, it's not like we were out in the sticks or okay. out in some remote ramp or, you know, it's a pretty populous area and, you know, they're they're pretty heavily dispatched. It's not just being really transparent. It's not. It's not like it's heavy crime area, but it's kind of a ragamuffin area. Yeah, it's yeah. just close. It's the quickest way to get on the bay. Okay. It's one of those areas. It's like, yeah, it's not the coolest place to launch. I can but, picture it. I know this. I know the type. You know, it's, you know, it's like, yeah, it's slightly shady. The ramp's decent, but it's the quickest way to get to the water. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, um, like I would have never moored a boat there. And all the boats that are moored there, there are these old trawlers and yachts mm. that are falling apart and half sunk and some people sink them on purpose just to be done with them kind right of thing. right so so while we were in the hospital and kind of part of the story which was interesting and, and really eye-opening to me and kind of the message that i've been trying to and why uh you know i, I just thought it would be a, maybe a good idea to share like i love your magazine i get it every month and i dream every month looking <laughs> on the magazine but uh we appreciate it that that uh so I was messaging back and forth with uh, the media, but also with a meteorologist in the area. And he said, you know, nine out of 10 people survive strikes. And I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, it's the response after. So oh, it was kind of hard to soak in. And he yeah. said, you know, people, it's, it's, it's how everything shuts down, but it's, it's how people respond after. And right around that time, there was a resident doctor in the hospital and he's like, yeah, typically, we see seven or eight strike victims a year. And I was like, wow, that's a lot. But I'm thinking, yeah. you know, Tampa's 10, 10 million people. And if you're the lightning capital of the world or used to be, 
yeah, yeah, whatever that stat is. I guess that's understandable. But he said they had somebody that was struck, and the people stood there for 15 minutes till the EMT showed up, and oh. the person passed away because there was no blood flow to the brain. Right, right. So it just kind of hit home with me that you know maybe you know I, I know we've all as voters have been you know in a point where even your best intentions you get caught in the storm you, you're you're not a crazy person you're not you, you don't take you don't like taking chances but yeah. you know storms just come up and if and and the, and the weatherman made an interesting statement he's like you could say three mile you know we're gonna we're gonna start heading in if it's three miles or we're gonna start heading in if it's eight miles or ten miles he's mm -hmm. like well you need a strike for that mile gauge to start what if you're the first strike and that was kind of what it was in my case the I was seeing all these strikes that were over the 10 miles. Say it's, it was over the 10 mile. They were way out there. Well, yeah. I was the first one that was within the 10 mile that could have triggered other people to head home or, you know, Hey, yeah. let's get out of the water, you know? And it really just made me think of, you know, trying to prepare people for the worst, you know, it doesn't hurt to get CPR trained. Chances are you may never get struck or something may never happen or, but even, you know, I started thinking about some, I'm, I'm kind of a, at the dreamer stage with sure. a yacht. Like a, my dream is to do the great loop someday. Uh, I love that. I actually love, you know, I'm a, I was, I was secretly hoping world cat wanted to donate a new boat to me or something, <laughs> but that's my, that's my next dream as a, as a world cat. We'll, uh, area, we'll, we'll make a call. <laughs> hey, dude, what we I'll, can do. I'll give you as many free rides if that works out. <laughs> All right, that sounds like a win-win. <laughs> you Yo. can stay at my house. So, but I just really it put it on my heart that you know, and and it was it was kind of neat in the in our work area that mm -hmm. you know people are I could see people putting it through their mind like what if that was my child and I don't know CPR, or what if that was my spouse and I don't what if that was my girlfriend what if that was one of the people on my boat. And what if that was a boat that we just saw it happen and we could have pulled up next to them and jumped off and helped them, you know, yeah. just really. And, 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 you know, I love your magazines and I was thinking about it. It's like, man, I've been posting on, um, you know, like I'm on a trawler social media group on Facebook. Mm -hmm. I'm on a mm -hmm. world cat Facebook group and trick my skiff and all these boat, you yeah. know, groups and sharing the stories. Hey, get, even if you don't get CPR certified, go on YouTube, see how it's done. You know, talking with the doctors, you know, they, you know, they always seem to change the breaths, you know, 115, yeah, 230, yeah. You know, two breaths, 30 compressions, 110, right. just compressions. But the doctors are like, if you do anything, if you just, if you just do compressions, you know, you'll keep that blood circulation going and not have neurological damage. And, um, it's amazing. It's been was, on was... my heart. And, now I was, you know, I, I saw you when, when you emailed me, it was, it was such a, I mean, such an unbelievable, powerful story, but you know, I have a, a little boy now of, of our own, he's gonna be two and, uh, he loves the boat and, and just, you know, I, I very much could s see a future where, where, you know, he'd be up there on the bow, just like your son. And, uh, I mean, man, it hit home, it's home, hits home for, for everybody, not, not just parents. Mm -hmm. It's, uh. But man, it like I said in the beginning, it, it well, was. Well, I mean, in, in, in you know, full transparency, he didn't have he didn't have a life vest on, but it was at idle. You know, we were we're idling into the, the ramp most yeah. of the time. It's like, hey, get your let's your life vest on, put right, it in the hatch, right. and we're gonna get this boat retrieved. You know, and right. Um, you know, I know I would like to think that anybody would do anything for their child in the same case, and I'm so thankful that it worked out. But I would hate for. 
like I can't I, 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 like I lose my mind I don't I was going crazy thinking about a lot of things like what if I was looking in a different direction what if I wouldn't have reached them in the water but the big one is what if I didn't know how to do CPR you know what if I'm standing yeah. there because I could tell when the guys that pulled them up into the boat they had no clue what to do like they're they were freaked I could tell mm-hmm. their eyeballs you know they were just like glassing over and you know obviously you're going to do whatever you can to keep your son alive. And I pray that nobody ever has to do CPR on their own child, but, um, you know, it kept them alive and I'd hate for anybody to not be equipped. And, you know, I, I just, I, it's just been in my heart to share it as much as I can. You know, I think the only feeling in the world that would be worse than seeing your son or your, you know, your child hurt is to see them hurt and not know what to do that feeling. I have a, I have a knot in my stomach, just, uh, just thinking about it and and like i took my first cpr class uh last year ahead of ahead of a a wrestling season and you know they're available everywhere they're everywhere Mm -hmm. they're in every town across the country usually at the volunteer fire department or at the y or the gym Mm -hmm. it's like the information is out there there's no excuse Uh, you know don't wait for a close call to know it's like one Mm -hmm. afternoon i remember being so impressed with the cpr and just how hands-on it is it's, it's really come i think it's come a long way where you know, the mannequins are so I mean, intuitive and they're you know you it was yeah, so i mean important. if i were to if i were to tell anything to anybody i mean the online is cool and at least it gives you a fighting chance to know yeah. what it should look like but i've done it on the mannequins where it yells at you and yeah, beats at you right. it's like nope you didn't press that you didn't press it far enough yeah the, the you thing gotta that, hear the click or yeah you know. the thing i was most surprised with is you know, how hard you really need to be pushing and how fast. And then it's like fatigue becomes a factor. It's, you know, we did yeah, it. We do I'm it for a few lucky. minutes. I'm a, like I said, I'm a lucky, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a chunky dude. I'm a heavyweight. <laughs> I, I was a heavyweight wrestler in, in high school, but, uh, uh, you know, keeping your elbows straight and just using my body weight. And right, he was a little right. guy. And some doctors say, you know, if you're not cracking a rib, you're not doing it right. But uh, is that true? I've, I've heard yeah. that before. I mean, they say, say the same with like, yeah, the Heimlich, right? said that a couple people, a couple doctors said that in the hospital and they're like, how's your chest feeling? And he was in so much pain from the, everything else. the nerve endings and everything. But I mean, the good news is, um, I can't remember if I told you this already, but he doesn't remember anything from the strike. So wow. he remembers camping out on the Island, swimming yeah. around a little bit, catching a few fish. But he, I mean, I'm thankful that he doesn't remember it. I hate for it, hate for that to ruin his experience, you know, out on the water. Now my, my wife and my daughter, they're a little touchy, you know, mm-hmm. I'm a little touchy and then you strike now and I think it'll just take time. But, um, I, I did want, I did want to ask you that not to, you know, not to be insensitive and I certainly, certainly wouldn't, uh, you know, I've seen people give step away from the, the sport for a lot lesser things than something as traumatic as you've been in. But do you, do you think given time you'll you'll find your way back onto the water i mean i think you know i, I love the water too much and mm-hmm. um you know I, i'm not scared to get back on the water that's why i was joking you know i secretly was yeah, on yeah, the, the world cat. Cat. yeah yeah the 280 the 280 center console the <laughs> just, just kidding good taste good taste i like your style yeah yeah but uh no um because we've talked about it and you know, it's kind of one of those things like risk is everywhere. Right. And I think we got to go through life knowing that there's always risk. I'm not going to not fly on a plane to, because, you know, the risk of crashing. And right. um, if anything, it made me want to be more vigilant and, you know, again, being prepared. Yeah. Um, 
it probably made me want to be a little bit more cautious of weather and mm-hmm. i've never really honestly been a guy that's pushed the limits of the weather i hate like where i got a buddy of mine who loves fishing and spear fishing so much that you know i think we'd be fishing in a cat five hurricane if he was okay with yeah, it you i know, know the type <laughs> it was, and honestly sometimes it's like i can't fish with you dude you know this is starting to feel like a job like right right we got some fish we don't need to max out it's okay yeah we yeah. got big ones you know we got some dinner we don't need to just let's relax a little bit and let's where i'm more I of a that. like I, I love i love catching fish as much as anybody i love being out in the water as much as anybody but it's okay if i don't max out it's right. okay if i don't get a monster but some of those guys you know i got buddies that are kind of too hardcore for me sometimes but i love entertaining people my love my family loves being on the water and um you know my son who was struck still i, I think would be on the water but yeah we'll probably maybe be a little bit more measured and um you know striking really happens here in tampa mostly in the summer and you know we're blessed with decent weather in the winter that yeah. you know there's not as much lightning in the winter so maybe it just means we get a little bit more active in the fishing and you know boating mm-hmm. in, the, in the in the winter time but on full transparency i don't see it really impacting us if anything uh, just the fact that my boat was totaled and you know i don't have a boat now is yeah is probably impacting <laughs> us the most and right, again right. uh i'm thankful that you know i didn't I'm not that, I mean, maybe if you've got a sense of my character, I, I didn't set up a GoFundMe and try to make money off it or anything. Yeah, I, don't, I didn't get that uh, sense. Uh, I mean, I wasn't going to tell, you know, I wasn't begging somebody to set one up. I wasn't going to say no, but I mean, really, uh, you know, I was good in my planning with insurance. Um, basically, I'm, I'm getting, again, in full transparency, we were kind of kicking around selling this boat. Um, I don't know how, so you have one child, or if you don't mind Yeah, me, yeah, we have one, one, one little boy. Yeah, so I don't know if you're planning on having more. They're a blast. I got four. People think we're crazy, you know, but. Uh, it seems like a lot. I got, I got two, a boys, lot. two boys, two girls, but, you know, all your good intentions sometimes, you know, like I fixed up this little flats boat, you know, 19-foot boat with the mm-hmm. 175, thinking, oh, it'll be great to launch, take the kids out, have a blast come back well but opportunities you know like your boys once you get active in wrestling and sports and stuff it's yeah. like you got zero time to do, get on the water and the times you do have everybody wants to go so we have yeah. been kicking around you know like i said a world cat or something where you could yeah my wife really likes the offshore fishing my kids like the offshore fishing more than the inshore and you sure. know we were kicking around selling the little boat and buying a bigger boat and luckily you know i had insurance to cover everything so right right now it's well it sounds like you're you're prudent i mean you had you had some miracles right i mean it's Mm -hmm. that it happened where it did that you that you were able to catch them where it hit them i mean there's there's some things in there where you know whether you believe it or not i mean it sounds like there there was a few miracles on the way but the difference is where you were you were prepared you know it's and and again i think that big take home of being cpr trained but also having that a full first aid kit and i mean what if you were out further i mean it's when you're on the water you gotta really be your own first responder yeah so the interesting thing was uh, maybe it could be this story like if your way out is mm-hmm. and you you really have no option when you're running back in is so as so, so the doctor said you know you can do cpr and compressions till they till they beat you off and tell you to stop there's nothing there's no adverse effect to do compressions, even if they don't need it. Okay. And, and he, when he was struck, he never, he went into cardiac arrest and, you know, again, you know, right around the time to me, everybody was praying for him is when he started coming out of cardiac arrest, Mm -hmm. but 
he never got the paddles, you know, to shock him. The shock was never advised, so everything was coming back. Now, they gave him oxygen, obviously, and um, they never intubated him either. They never, you know, put him on the uh, – is that a ventilator? I can't remember. Yeah, but yeah. They, they never had to breathe for him. So, like, in my perspective, you know, if you're in an offshore case, you know, make him – you know, there's no risk of knowing CPR all the way to getting back off. If you're 50 miles off, yeah. essentially to me, the same result would have happened with Levi mm-hmm. because all that circulation of the blood was still going to the brain while things were right. So Coming basically the lightning on. strike yeah. to me is like, they said like, it's all, it's like, it's like a hard reboot on a computer or something. All the neurons are firing and your brain is reconfiguring itself. And, and, you know, keeping, he's like, and the doc, I'll clearly remember the doctor saying, he's like, I said, I honestly, I think I probably messed up on a couple of compressions in the order. He's like, honestly, if you do compressions, make them, make them make, do compressions until they tell you they don't need it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Until they're writhing around on their own and or doing something. So, you know, that would probably be, you know, another thing to hit home, you know, that. Right. It was interesting that, you know, he never needed the, the paddles to come back out. I'm not saying that's every case of the lightning strike. Um, again, right. he was, crazy fortunate that it hit his tailbone um it was kind of wild there's like a, a aluminum seat post up front that you can put like it, it's kind of set up like ranger was mostly like a bass boat company mm-hmm. but they got into off inshore a little bit saltwater stuff so they put the same seat post kind of thing up front okay and there was like ground marks like grounding strikes like <sighs> if you would you know have a grounding strike on your battery you know yeah yeah your battery. i think it's where his feet was uh standing when the strike happened now the strike was the most intense thing I've ever. I don't know if I told you both my wife's eardrums popped and bled, and no. she had a ringing in her ears because she was up front. I felt the pulse to where my leg hairs like went like woof, like yeah. straight up and down, and the sheer shock. But then I don't even remember yelling his name, but I just jumped right in the water. You know, I guess I glasses guess, came off, shoes, I, sandals came off, everything came off. You know, is there is there any? I mean, it feels like. For you, it was so instinctual, so I don't even know if there's any advice, but I don't know. Is I, is there any advice about taking action and, and not hesitating? I just feel like so many people will be paralyzed by yeah. fear, but what advice can you give, really? So the other thing that I've been kind of share with the boating community is, you know, especially in Tampa, conditions always change. Mm-hmm. You know, this, you know, I'll send you the picture. It was literally an hour before the storm rolled up on us, and you know, it, there's nothing wrong with having a good time on a beach. I mean, I'm personally not a drinker, but yeah, you still have the to me as the captain, you still have the responsibility to keep an eye on changing conditions. Hundred percent. You know, you know. Again, I I tried to do my best and take care of my family, and I thought I was being proactive. Um, you know, yeah. instead of being stuck in the storm, and it still happened to me. But if anything, I'll say, you know when you are aware of those conditions changing and you're trying to respond to those changing conditions, I was watching strikes. Like I wasn't like, Oh, let's, you know, I'm yeah. drinking a beer on the way into the ramp and we're, we're right. just trying to get out of this. I was like, okay, there's a strike. There's a strike. There's a strike. Like my, my brain was getting to the point where, okay, we're, we're in the response time. I mean, I wasn't freaking out. I was like, I was more thinking, okay, we need to get out of this. I, right. I'm ready to, I'm ready to have the boat on the trailer and be in a truck and yeah. not have all that striking around us. Like, that was my attitude, but it was kind of elevated, I guess, you know, Yeah. at that point, my mindset was elevated. I wasn't, you know, Hey, let's pull over here and just cast a couple more casts and try to catch some fish or, you know, jerking around. I was, 
we were definitely focused on and I'm telling the kids, yeah. you know, I'm telling you, Hey, get the rope ready. Yeah. We're trying to get this boat off. Like right. there wasn't playing around, you know, it, it was a different mindset that I think probably helped my focus that yeah. I wasn't going to be turning around saying, Hey, that's a pretty yacht that just passed us. Or that's a cool right, boat. I right. wouldn't mind having one of those. I was more like, let's get off the water. Yeah. It's being focused and being on your toes, no, being aware that you're in a dangerous situation and uh, not, yeah, not yeah. being complacent, being, I guess. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's easy. I, I can imagine how, you, you know, even offshore, like if you get on the fish or something, it's easy to just get caught off guard and not pay attention to changing conditions and yeah surroundings. It's such an important time of year for this message too. I, I mean, you're in Tampa is one extreme, but even here in new England, conditions change fast, especially this time of year, you know, it's, uh, we get mm -hmm. some of those summer storms and, uh, it's, so whereabouts are you, if you don't mind me asking, yeah, no problem. I'm, uh, I'm based in Connecticut. You know, such a miracle that this this story has a happy ending, and I give you a lot of credit for doing something with it. You didn't have to reach out. You didn't have to be. You're not. You know, trying to get media for media's sake. You have an unbelievable message, and mm -hmm. I'm just really glad that uh, we had the time here to talk today. We're gra really glad uh, Levi's doing better, and I uh, hope one of these days, uh, if I'm down in Tampa. Love to get out, Seriously, get out on the water yeah, with you guys. Yeah, well, that, I I got your number, so I'll uh, I'll definitely I'll I'll hit you up if I'm if I'm ever down that way. So I want to thank Derek for reaching out and sharing such a horrible personal story. His story reminds me of the expression that the best first responder is always yourself, and that's especially true when you're out on the water. I know this story will influence my boating for sure. More than any other episode we've done, I hope you'll share this episode with your fellow boaters, spread the word. This is one of those times where education truly can save a life. I'll see you out on the water.